0: Behold, I know there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In medieval art, the devil is anatomically challenged. He has no knees because he does not want to kneel and to adore God as he ought to. And he has no genitals because evil cannot give life or create. It can only deform a pre-existent thing. Now, as a faithful Catholic, the author J.R.R. Tolkien follows this idea in his writings. In The Lord of the Rings, he makes Frodo say, the devil can only mock, it cannot make, not real, new things of its own. It only deforms. Modern popular culture has been impacted powerfully by such things as Tolkien's writings, or Star Wars, Star Trek, and superheroes. It is unsurprising that writers and producers might be tempted to mine these sources for further tales and entertainment. In this, we see Tolkien's observation about evil realized. Writers, unable or unwilling to create something new, simply take a pre-existing thing and reshape it. Imitation is the sincerest form of a total lack of imagination. In these new tales drawn from Tolkien or Star Wars and the like, there are mostly female protagonists, preferably non-white. And these protagonists suffer from a fatal flaw. They have no flaws. The technical term for such heroines is a Mary Sue, A Mary Sue is the product of bad writing. A Mary Sue knows everything, does everything right, does not need to learn, does not merit anything, but has everything served up on her lap. There is no struggle, and consequently, no genuine, believable achievement. Mary Sues make the whole tale boring and wretched, and when audiences vote with their feet and leave, They are accused of either misogyny or racism or both, whereas they just recognize that this is a pile of rubbish. Chesterton said that orthodoxy was the only exciting thing in the world, and by contrast, heresy is boring because it rehashes old things in new packaging. Only orthodoxy captures the imagination and makes new beginnings and new ways possible. In the church also, evil deforms and perverts the faith. Evil does not engender faith. The devil has no genitals. Evil does not want to kneel before the true God in worship. Heresy does not breed a new generation because heresy is contracepted and sterilized. Therefore, it seeks to propagate itself by commandeering and imposing itself on others, like a virus. We see much of this in the pre-Synodal reports of certain countries. They clamor for changes to doctrines and morals. They claim holiness is an ideal rather than a goal. They seek to accompany, by which they mean keeping people exactly where they are. What is sinful is no longer called sin. We are reassured that hell is not eternal or that it is empty. Holiness is not sought. We are fine as we are. This attempt to change the faith to change the faith turns all of us into Mary Sue's. We all become instant saints, but without any actual holiness. There is no struggle, no cross, no sacrifice. We win instantly without playing the game. It is the boredom and joke of being Mary Sue. In August this year, more than five hundred young Irish practicing Catholics wrote to their synodal steering committee, alarmed that the authentic voice of the young was being ignored. A false conclusion had been reached, they noted, and I quote, that church teaching needed to be reformulated or changed, in particular relating to human sexuality, marriage, and ordained ministry, in order to match public expectations. The young people wrote, and I quote, as young Catholics, Young faithful Catholics, we fully accept and joyfully embrace church teaching and practice and do not wish for church teaching to be changed or reformulated. We humbly suggest that these emerging concerns are instead a call to communicate church teachings better." End quote. One elderly priest, part of a dissident group, dismissed this letter as spectacularly out of sync and not worthy of receiving equal attention as other views. He also went on to disparage young priests. He said, they're traditional, they want to wear black. I despair of young priests. I'd prefer if we hadn't got them. So the truth comes out. We keep being told all are welcome, except, of course, when you're not. We are told the church must listen, but we don't want to listen to you. The old priest's petty rant would be comical if it weren't so tragic. You see, the heretics of old at least had some courage. They were open about what they were denying. The modern heretics are more subtle. They will say, oh, yes, we agree with St. John Paul II. We reaffirm church, church teaching. And then in the next instant, they proceed to deny it in their actions. And they blame the Holy Spirit for all their errors. We are a listening church, and we must keep walking forwards. Yes, listening to whom? And where are you walking to? Oh, brave new church that had such sycophants in it. These illusions, these errors arise when we treat God as absent. Everything then depends on us, and we hijack God's word for the sake of our passing whims. When we fail to love people enough and properly properly, our error manifests. How? By lying to them and blessing their disordered unions, by confirming them in adultery and fornication, by affirming their grave errors like abortion and rewarding them with communion without repentance. It is the failure to love people's souls and a willingness to risk their eternal salvation. And all why? For the sake of being inclusive and nice, for the sake of making myself popular. Aren't I lovely? It is the grievous failure to be authentically pastoral and genuinely loving. The devil lacks knees and genitals, but the clergy don't have to. We need to kneel and to adore the living God. We need to give life, not death, to teach truth, not lies. All of us need to ask ourselves, do we really believe Jesus is God Do we believe Jesus is alive and active in his church? Do we believe the Eucharist is truly Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity? In the first reading, the Syrian, Naaman, realizes the truth, that all the other gods are false and that the true God is in Israel. God is in Israel, that is, in the church, the new Israel. The Samaritan comes back to Jesus because Jesus told him and his companions to show themselves to the priests. And he realizes that Jesus is the true high priest. For all of us, too, we cannot settle with becoming Mary Sue. Can you imagine? It's like being the prodigal in the pigsty, hungering, looking, envying the pigs, eating the pods. And along comes the church and tells you, you know, your pigsty is actually a palace. It's marvelous. Stay where you are. (laughs) We can't settle for that. We have to become saints. The real God is not absent. We must come to Jesus. The devil cannot give life. Only Jesus can give us life, new life. And the faith is not a plaything to twist to our own destruction. There is indeed a God in Israel, the church, and he is alive and active. And he loves us more than any defamation of the faith ever could. To him alone be glory now and forever in the church and in heaven. Amen.